Hi, everyone. This is Dave Horner with Small Town Life, and I've got an interesting group of individuals in here today. I've got three students from Little Falls High School, and uh, they're involved in a competition to put together a five-minute podcast about COVID and how it impacted their life over the course of four years, which I had not even thought about. So, uh, Tanner, uh, introduce yourself, talk a little bit, just for a second, yeah. about who you are and what grade you're at and what you're doing. Hello, I'm Tanner Jakeway. I attend Little Falls High School, like Dave said. Um, I'm going to be going to Hobart College in the next college semester. And, I don't know, not, not too interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm a COVID survivor, <laughs> COVID as survivor. We'll All right. And over here, I've got uh, Connor. Go ahead and let me know a little bit about yourself. Hello, I am Connor, and I also go to high school with Tanner and my best buddy, Joey, as you can see right here. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you guys dressed before you came over to the show, so yeah, that's always interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I am also a survivor of COVID. <laughs> How about you, Joey? Uh, my name is Joseph. I go to Little Falls High School, just like the two gentlemen sitting to my right, and uh, I want to say I survived, but I endured COVID. Yeah. So you guys have had some real interesting discussion about this, and uh, I didn't realize the impact. And, and I don't think anybody out here as an adult really knew how this impacted you because you ended up the first time around, you had a couple of weeks off and it was kind of out of nowhere. And you said, what, November, right? Was it no? It was November or March? I heard you say November, yeah. but I, I thought it was March. I thought it I was March, March as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. I heard the word <laughs> November and I was like, okay. And, and then you were off for the summer and then all of a sudden you came back. So Connor, tell me a little bit about what that was like, that experience of just, okay, you've got this kind of couple of three weeks of free time and then what? Yeah, that's, well, it was just, it just hit us so fast. We never really expected it. It was just your teachers, they were, there was rumor that there's this bad sickness that may come to the United States. We're not really sure. And then over the course of a couple of days, it got very serious. You started listening to the news and you hear all of this crazy stuff going on around us. And then one day, just poof, you never see your friends for another year, year and t almost two years. That's amazing. Joey, you thought it was nap time and game time, right? I mean, but then after a certain amount of time, what the heck happened? I mean, eventually... It was just time to get back to school, and I feel like that was the thing that was almost impossible. Once we had to actually get back to school, we, it was just awful. I mean, nobody knew what was going on. Teachers, they, teachers had to learn how to use computers. They had to figure out how to talk to students, keep them engaged. They had to face a plethora of new challenges that were unheard of. It was just a difficult experience for everyone all around. Yeah. And, and Tanner, you had a different, it, it kind of affected you physically and mentally, right? <laughs> what was the story on that? Oh, yeah, that was a rough story. Actually, if you go and listen to one of your stories, you, you do talk about it a little bit. I do. I, I say, yeah, freshman year, got the break. I'm, this is amazing, man. I get to sit home, play video games, eat chips, do whatever I want. Who cares? You know? A lot of chips. Oh, uh, mm, chips, pasta. Italian family, that's what really did oh, it. Oh, okay, all right. Not, not to put the blame in anything, but, you know, Italian love Darn at Italians. its finest. <laughs> but, yeah, I 290 pounds was the grand total on the scale of the doctor's you, And office. you came up from what? Where were you? I was at about freshman year, first going into COVID, 200. So it was a 90-pound So you put game, 90 pounds on. Which, 
hibernation at its finest for sure. But <laughs> that and then just the mental health of it, you don't even really realize that it's happening to you. You deny it, deny it. I'm not 290 pounds. I was just 200. Like, oh, wait. A minute ago. It was, yeah. it was more than a, a couple days ago. Yeah. And yeah, definitely a big toll mentally, physically. And it really took the people around me to, to kind of like a wake up. It, it's time to go. But COVID for everyone, I know I wasn't alone. And I know there's still people struggling with it to this day. It, it just doesn't go. You mean the mental aspect? The mental it. aspect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's definitely people still affected by it because it, it, COVID completely changed mentalities to the, you find the hardest working people not just doing the bare minimum now because it's kind of like conditioning. It's every day they were told, stay at home, yeah. stay at home. Don't go out. Don't go near people. Don't do anything. Yeah. And now it's, it's trapped. It's like an isolated feeling and it feels yeah. like it has to stay like that. But now that things have opened up, it, it really doesn't. And it now is the opportunity to really get out there and yeah. change it. Connor, do you think people are doing that? I mean, or do you think I heard in some of your thoughts earlier, you were, you were trying to think through it, but the thing that came to my mind was I thought people had become selfish. In other words, they turned in so much that now they're not wanting to go, even though we're open, they're not out anymore. What yeah. do you think? How did it, how did that impact you? Yeah, I think that people just became way too lax when COVID hit. And now once we're kind of finding our way out of it, you still see people, they're just, they don't want to go out. They don't want to work. They don't want to put in the effort into society. And that's not good because everyone else can feel those effects. But if they're being lax and they're not paying attention to it, they're never going to feel those. And it's a very dangerous thing. But I think that when, oh, I think that once time goes on, we'll be able to find our way out of it. But right now, we're going to be hearing a lot. Mm. I mean, Joey, how long do you agree with that? And and do you, how long do you think it's going to be before we, it's almost like a worldwide funk that we're in. I mean, can we pull ourselves out? Truthfully, I do think we will eventually return to normalcy, but I believe that people are expecting it to happen a lot sooner than it actually will. A lot of people are looking at the high school students and middle school students and being like, oh, wow, yeah. These guys, uh, they miss a year of their life. They miss a year of socialization. They're, they're not as educated as they should be. They're not prepared for the real world. But I feel like we're, we're not looking at the whole picture. Think of those preschool students. Think of kindergartners, anybody in elementary. They're not equipped to build upon the foundation that they have is missing. How are they expected to learn harder, more advanced concepts when they don't have the basic skills needed to? Right, and you're talking about maybe basic math, basic just understanding of different subjects. Exactly. I mean, how are they going to do that, Tanner? You got any ideas on that? I mean, you you have a younger sister. I do have a younger sister. She's dealing sister. with that. There's a gap she in her is. knowledge. There, there's a big gap. You know, I'm I'm not the brightest, so I'm going to say my gap's always kind of been there. But like, I'm really noticing it with the younger kids. I'm like, wow. Like, I know I have family members and friends that have really young children. And they're really concerned because why is my child not speaking as much? Why is my child not being able to read this? Like, it, there's so many deficiencies in everything, and the teachers are starting to realize it. They're like, wow, you don't know how to do X, Y, and Z? Well, no, because they were never taught 
it wasn't even brushed over. It was gone. But how to teach that, that's that's a whole different battle. Right. I mean, you can say, uh, we can go off on one of Connor's kicks and say, <laughs> We hey, can do that. AI you know, is come coming on, in. No. AI is coming we'll, in. We can go into that kick. That's one of my we kicks, can. too. So, it's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But how to catch up with it, that's, I really don't know because people have said, We got to add a 13th grade. So we, we don't we need another grade another year for these kids to get back and i disagree with that i feel like the best way to kind of combat it is to get them some after school hours you can make it optional if, um, optional or not give give them the outlets and the learning like accommodations they need to get back to where they should be because i feel like that's the best way because you have young kids that haven't even started school that are going to go through school and not experience any of this but you have that one group of kids in the middle that is right in it. They're in the worst spot. I feel like just the only way to really correct it is just accommodations to them. Right. Connor, it's almost like there's two parts to this. One is the social skills, which was the fact that they didn't even talk to anybody, see anybody behind a video game, whatever they were doing. But there's also the knowledge loss. And that was because they went all virtual first, but really couldn't teach because nobody knew. What's your thinking on that? Yeah, I mean... Once, when COVID first hit, it was new for everybody. Virtual was a brand new concept, so the teachers had to go on the fly, and they have 20 students in this virtual class that are just, one person has their camera on the ceiling. How are we going to make them pay attention? It's a very big task for the teachers, but then for the students, they're trying to keep up with the teachers. Maybe the teacher just forgets that everybody's virtual. They're not... It's not in person. They can't get the real, like, learning out of it. So a lot of students fell behind, and I think that it's – I'm not sure. I think that it's difficult. Well, is of. it – Joey, is it like the fact that, okay, has a gap widened? Because there were always smarter students and slower students. We've always had that. But did this just exacerbate the gaps, and, and now we're just trying to figure out – how do we close them again to at least what was normal before? See, I'm willing to argue that that gap that was already prevalent wasn't necessarily widened by the, the presence of COVID, but instead that those divisions, they stayed the same, but they're, they're, all, they're all dropped across the board. Because I feel like the kids that you would see as the prodigies, the ones who always have excelled, those aren't as, they're not performing where they should be. Really? And then those students who were doing poorly before they're just they've just fallen off right they're doing a lot worse they're they're barely hanging on it's interesting that you think that the the ones that were the leaders to begin with also dropped off i hadn't thought about that i i I say that primarily because i feel like i'm part of it i mean i was i i grew up always being in ap classes i was always a very one of those advanced kids but once COVID came by, I felt like I was halted in many different ways. Taking some of the course load from this year, for example, uh, I'm in AP Chemistry. I feel like I'm building on a foundation that doesn't exist. I took chemistry online, virtual, and I didn't retain anything from it. So I'm building all those chemistry skills, and then the AP chem ones on top. Uh, my workload's just harder than the the kids from past years just because they had they had more knowledge than me. Right. Well you're you're trying to catch up as well, exactly. right? Is yeah. 
Mm. What about you, Tanner? I know that Joy was saying that he had found the the 90 pounds that that you lost. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, opinions on uh, the deviation of kids. I'm going to, I'm going to agree. You think the gap is, is worse or. I, I don't think the gap is worse. I'm going to go right off what Joey said because I completely agree with him. I feel like that gap hasn't widened. Instead, it stayed the same, but it just moved the wrong way. It's the, the kids that, oh, my gosh, you were ridiculously smart, 100, 100, 100. Now those kids are 90, 85, 85, 90. Really? Yeah, and, and the kids that were always behind, like the, the 70, 65 students, are now really in the danger zone and it it's just not a good spot for any of them. So I feel like you definitely have those kids, the really smart ones, that are going to continue to do good. Say right after COVID, they weren't affected like because they did stuff outside of the classroom to help them stay ahead. So you're definitely going to see instances of that. But I feel like for the majority of students where you got the smart, the slow, the in the middle, that overall their performance has is going to go downhill or is already going downhill because of the effects of COVID. So, Connor, all three of you had agreed earlier that you thought in-person was just the best way to learn. Yeah. That all of these different from virtual to hybrid to whatever just didn't do it for you, correct? Yeah, well, I remember when virtual was a thing, it was just chaotic. So I wanted to go back, and that's when hybrid opened up. And hybrid was interesting because the teachers, they felt a little bit more comfortable teaching the students who were in class. However, those students that were still on the screen, it was hard to balance both in class and that screen and try and keep everybody involved in the same conversation. And I think that it's just like, for example, I'm in Calc right now. And I have no idea what's going on with some of this like, <laughs> stuff that's getting handed to me. Like, I'm just behind. But, I mean, it's COVID just messed up a lot of stuff. Wow. Are a lot of kids in your same shoes as far as behind? And, and I mean, you've got regions coming up, right? Yeah, we have regions in almost two weeks. Wow. And, you, and are, do you feel like you're prepared? Um, As prepared as I'll ever be. I'm going to go in with confidence, but... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Joey? Uh, you said Joseph earlier. I guess I can be informal and say Joey, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> With me, I have two AP exams coming up being for calculus and AP chemistry. One of them I'm vastly more confident with than the other being calculus because math has always been a natural natural strength of mine. But the AP the AP chemistry one, not so much. I, I've been staying after school with our teacher studying extra so I can hopefully catch up, just make that bridge of missing knowledge smaller. So I'm going to hopefully be able to do somewhat well so I can get that AP credit for college. Yeah. Tanner, how do you think impact-wise on your future, what's the impact going into college? Because are they assuming you're at a certain level when you get there? Or are they acknowledging the fact that you were maybe a 4.0 that's at a 3.5 level. I feel like that really varies on the college you're trying to go to because if you're applying for Harvard, they're, they're not going to care. Obviously, everyone has a little bit of a soft spot for COVID, but it's the colleges that only take the best of the best aren't going to take 
okay, well, maybe you did a little bit worse because of this. No, they still want the best. But then you have the colleges that took really good students that are like, oh, my gosh, COVID really affected you guys. We're willing to go lower. And I really feel like it's it's the college college's choice if they want to have the sympathy on the kids or not. Because, I mean, you can think of some colleges off the top of your head that only take 4.0s, all AP, all college credit kids. And then you can think of the ones that take, okay, you may not take all these classes, but you have good grades. You know, really for college, it's where you want to go and it's the environment and like the culture of the college just being, are they going to kind of deviate from what they usually take for these people? Or if they're just going to stick, stay strict to what they've always, like their principles and what they stand on. Connor, what are you intending to do after high school? Do you have college plans or? Yeah, I plan on going to a community college for cybersecurity, and then I'll probably transfer into a bigger four-year school, save okay. a little bit of money. What about you, Joy? Exact same thing. Same thing. Okay, all right. So we talked earlier before the show a little bit about some things that might help, and you brought up chat GPT. And so I know that's, Connor, that's your hot button. Maybe yours, Joey, too. I don't know, you know. But do you really think that could help close that gap? And if so, why? Well, I think the reason the AI, like ChatGPT, the reason that possibly could be a solution is because these students who are lacking those fundamental concepts for their courses that they're taking – maybe this AI, all it does is it just spits you out information. Earlier, I was trying to research some stuff for our own podcast, and I just had this AI generator spitting me out question after question. And I think that if students can be exposed to so much material, maybe they'll learn it, but it's up to the individual to learn that material yeah but would they be overwhelmed with so much coming at them i mean uh, we used to we, we did this one hockey podcast here and it was marty's illegal stick and so he'd have a segment where he would ask questions about you know historical kind of questions about hockey players and my answer always was gretzky or or some famous name because i didn't know anything about hockey so i would but a couple of times i would cheat i'd sit down there and google <laughs> because he wouldn't let me see the questions ahead of time. I can see where chat GPT would have really helped me on his questions. I would have had these in-depth answers for that. Uh, But student-wise, these kids, all of that coming at them, and and one of the key things being that you're – how do you know that the information is accurate? Because we had talked about earlier that some of it's not accurate. Uh, Tanner, you know (laughs) – they have all of this coming at them. They they ask Chat GPT, and it's all coming at them. How do they sift through that? How do, how does that help them? I mean, I, I'm going to say it's tough because AI is also not foolproof. Like Joey's probably the one to ask this question with the hallucinations, like he was talking about, where the AI thinks, "Well, yeah, this this is actually something. This is what I'm quoting it from," and then you actually look into it, and it's just not real. So I feel like, for now, since it's not kind of foolproof. You, you need to look deeper into everything the AI tells you. Well, it's interesting that you're calling them hallucinations when I would call it bad data. That's, <laughs> you're, that, you're, that's not my you're adding that's, You're <laughs> adding a personality to this thing already. You know, we're worried about this. And it's, well, it's, okay. 
be careful. It's just having hallucinations. It's having that, a bad day. That's what the Google people are saying. I <laughs> do not know, listen to Google. They are evil. <laughs> all right. So we the reason we we know a decent amount of stuff on this topic is because in our government and economics class we talked about how AI is going to change the economy, and we watched a video, and it was two people from Google that talked about the hallucinations and how it could go wrong and bad data, and it just kept using that word, and wouldn't use like it messed up. It yeah. was always, oh, it hallucinated. Well, did you listen to their CEO saying that he doesn't know how it works? Did you see that interview? The CEO of Google not. says, we do not understand how this works, which should scare the crap out of you, right, Joey? Oh, it does. I mean, <laughs> if you really look at it, Google didn't invent this technology. No. They're just piggybacking on people. Like, um, well, Microsoft came Microsoft out with first. Yeah. And they exactly. Had to, do you want to talk about no, the, Bang remember the Bangladesh thing? The language? Oh, yeah, there was um, AI. What happened was this, basically, somebody was doing as I would have done, and they asked it, they asked um, a AI generator a question, except it was in Bangladesh, so it wasn't in English. It wasn't the, taught this language. Yeah, they, it was never, the data was not put into the system. Right. However, it was able to, somehow figure out and it answered and it, within five seconds it created it had an awesome iteration answer. of dan running right yeah which is <laughs> yeah. how it breaks out of itself yeah yeah mm, that's scary taught that's its own weird. language learned yeah. the whole language learned a whole language faster than i can think i will tell you that i want to say it was in the 80s or 90s or somewhere there was early ai going on way back I, there was a program out i cannot remember the name of it but something that i was using at that point in time and even that was a little bit scary but what you were doing was you would put questions in and you would put a number of potential answers in and so it that's how it, it would it would sound intelligent you were kind of you were trying to you had to think ahead of time of what are all the potential answers and yes we did have the internet back then it was called arpanet but anyway <laughs> So, Joey, what do you think about, is there a technology solution to this, or do you think we're going to have to go back to basics kind of thing, uh, more in-person, more one-on-one, -on -one. you're getting extra help after school hours, is it going to be a technology answer, or is it going to be a human answer to solve the problem? You know, referring back to what Connor said, I'm willing to actually take the complete opposite stance. I believe technology is actually going to make this divide worse. Just because students, they're going to be overwhelmed with their homework and they're going, I wrote a paper on this actually. Oh, that's where I was kind of going with the amount of knowledge that would, when you ask a question, the amount of knowledge that comes back at you is, it can be overwhelming and you have to fact check it all. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what help is that? Think of it, the way I wrote my paper is it was talking about, is homework an efficient way to learn? Now think of it this way. If somebody's missing gaps in their knowledge and what they're supposed to know. A teacher is going to assign homework corresponding to it. If a student doesn't want to do said homework, what are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to cheat. They're going to use chat, BT, chat GBT in order to get those answers. I want you to say that three times real fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 I see. Uh, going to have a meltdown. Chat oh GPT, God, chat GPT, chat GPT. Saying it once is challenging. <laughs> okay. But no, they're using tools in order to get away from actually learning. 
So that homework not only isn't efficient, it's just another stress that could possibly make them break down more and cause them to learn even less. I, I, I'm almost there with you because, like I said earlier, that I had used it for a couple of things to see if it could do a news article. But then I realized, well, I can't do it because the data and I'd have to cross check everything. If I wrote it myself, I'd do it 100 times faster than this darn thing. But on generic articles where it's like, for instance, one I talked about the growing season in Little Falls and when's the best time to plant, looking at historical data and things like that, it pulled up a lot of useful information. I had somebody cross-check it who's an expert in that area, and they said, no, this is this is accurate. So it could be used for that, but I can I see where you're coming from where there would be kids that would want to be lazy, let's say. And this is my answer. I go to chat GPT and I type in a bunch of questions and I get answers and I turn this in and that's good enough. And it's not, it's really not. Uh, now that, now that he's tore you up here a little bit, uh, Connor, what do you, <laughs> no, I mean, you want to defend yourself? <laughs> well, I mean, I could, I can definitely see that side because AI, it's just, it's not foolproof yet. So we're just kind of, we're experimenting like the we have a little chat bot on snapchat now and you can have a conversation with it but it's just <laughs> those conversations can fall apart fast because it can, the responses can be very counteractive sometimes yeah and i think that it definitely can be a lot of a lot of information for a student to retain and yeah i can definitely see what joey's saying here what do you think about the uh, impact uh, a bunch of people got together, Elon Musk leading the pack and saying, look, we need a six-month hold on this. Chat 3.5 is kind of the one out to everybody. 4.0, if you want to pay 20 bucks a month, is out there. But they're working on five. Do you think that's valid? Do you think anybody's going to pay any, any attention to the six-month hold? Joey, you want to start? We'll go around the room. I feel like it's really hard to say. Because a lot of people who have interest in AI, they're going to reach out to it. They're going to, they're going to play with it. They're going to figure out its limitations and abilities. They're going to research it. But for the people who are afraid of it or perhaps don't have interest in it, I feel like it's not going to affect them at all, rather than maybe news coverage. So they might look at it that way. And once again, it, it almost seems like a fear tactic in a way. News channels may push it as something that's super negative, and then people are going to get afraid. They're going to get paranoid. I, I see it as a very promising tool. Whether it's going to be used for good or malicious intent, we're not sure yet. You know, I'd heard an interesting thing about the news people that they are concerned that they will lose their job. And so that's why they're writing negative stories about it. And honestly, is, is in order to protect their job to say, look, this is bad stuff. And, you know, it's, it, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to trust this. You don't want to whatever, because they believe that it will be able to go out and scour the internet and come up with a story as it gets more and more sophisticated where newsrooms won't need to exist anymore, which they've already taken a huge hit. And that may be part of the, I haven't researched that, but that's one of the theories out there. No, yeah, I mean, that negative agenda, it makes sense. Because I feel like it's similar to, like, the Industrial Revolution looking at it. Because back then, jobs were replaced. I feel like in this technology era that we're in, another similar thing will come across. AI is going to be able to replace many jobs, especially those lower skill positions where you just need ideal people. Like, I mean, you can put in a prompt and get... 70 ideas in a matter of seconds and you don't yeah. even have to pay anyone right yeah connor 
Yeah, I'm, it's very <laughs> scary AI. It's, it's just a lot to handle. Should we have the pause? Should it be six months? Should it be more? What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I think that stepping away from it, I think, would be a good idea. Kind of people can learn how dangerous this stuff can be. But then I also don't think it's a bad idea to expose people to it slowly and maybe get them used yeah. to it before you give it full Yeah, throttle. maybe make up a few rules yeah. first before, especially in the school environment where, like you say, it, you know, they're not going to take your phones away from you at school. But they don't know what kind of teachers are not keeping up with the technology you have on your phone. There's actually a snap GPT app as well. So you could be calling that up and you could have it, you could use it to actually get questions to tests. Or if you're struggling on your chemistry or whatever, if it gets to that level, you just sit there and, and, and just get the answer to it. So maybe a pause. And then how do we implement this? Tanner, you just want to see it go, right? You just don't, you don't care. Uh, <laughs> you see, you're, you're talking about. You know, well, I know we're way, months. we're over, way over your head there. Yeah, but you know, you know, do you want to pause on this though? You can answer that because it's going to affect you, your children, whatever. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know exactly why they're pausing. I'm not, I'm not a tech person. That's okay. Like, like all of you in the room. Well, they're pausing because they're concerned that it's going too fast. It's learning too fast. But isn't? I mean, I can see the pros and cons of it. But what if this? Why don't you want to just let it keep going? Say, run it for six months, and then if it gets too far, just shut it down. Yeah, but then how do you do it? I mean, we what all remember can't. the Terminator movies and everything, right? I mean, you reach that point. Did you? There was uh, someone who asked it. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember the specific question about how would you destroy the human race? Did you read that, Joey? I and, heard about it, I haven't personally. Yeah, well, I read the, the article about it, and it talked about gathering up and using nuclear weapons and stuff. It, at this point, it was smart enough to know how to get rid of us. That was a little. That was one of the more spooky things I'd read, was that, that exchange. <laughs> you want to rethink your answer, Yeah, Connor? yeah, yeah. I do. Let's just get rid of it all. No. Like, well, thank you for the future, because I want to go into teaching for my career and now thinking about what the teachers have to deal with now with i could hey snapchat ai you want to give me the answers to the economics test yeah sure here you go yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. like seeing that in the future i i feel like it's way too much of a crutch and if it advances more like you said how do you take out the human race i don't want to be dealing with that yeah like, but ever, you are i am we talked about but, this i mean 10 years from now I mean, where is got, it gonna be you got to think it's all online too so if it has access to your phone it has access say i gets to the point where hey i text joey well now it's got joey's phone yep. like, hey, it's crazy because the internet is connected to everything yep. so what's stopping it once it it makes i don't even know it does it even have a mind if it makes up its mind it's like oh you pissed me off today <laughs> yeah. you're bombing the world <laughs> like, you're done it, it, i feel like just stopping it just cut it off and if you're really looking AI and like economic standpoint and you want to find more automation for stuff, go down that road, put the limits, but don't keep testing it because don't poke the bear. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Well, somebody will, I think. Oh, of course. 
All right. It's been fun, guys. I've had a good time. It was a good discussion. I kept it to 30 minutes to show you how we keep it to 30. And, you know, we can kind of do a little intro exit music. And, you know, we'll come back next time with uh, Small Town Life. Small Town Life. I didn't even see that right. Chat GPT, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>